0: Welcome to TJH, your go-to podcast for all things journeying home to yourself. I'm your host, Haley Curtis, Gene Keys and Women's Transformation Guide, here to encourage and usher you into remembering who you are by peeling back the veil on all things shadow work, self-love, self-worth, relationships, Gene Keys, breakthrough, awakening, and so much more. One thing I know to be true about you is that you are utterly magnificent. And here at the Journey Home Podcast, I will be walking hand in hand with you as you discover and remember your magic. Let the voyage begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Journey Home podcast. I am so excited to have Madeline back with us today. She's back for another interview. And guess what, everyone? Madeline is back with a professional podcasting microphone. And she is going to have just crisp sound. (laughs) We're so excited about this. Um, Madeline, I just, I bloody love you. I mean, before we've pressed record, we've already been chuckling away. We've already like just in our saying hello to each other already were talking about something and I was like, damn it, should have pressed record because that would have been fantastic on the podcast. <laughs> so I know this is going to be a great episode when it comes to you and I having a chat. It's always going to be filled with equal parts depth and lightheartedness because that comes through in both of our gene keys and who we are. So thank you for being here. I asked Madeline if she wanted me to introduce her again and she was like, no, just tell everyone I'm a human. <laughs> That's how Madeline just identifies as I'm just a human and I'm just living. And she's like, my purpose in life is just to be human. So there you go, everyone. There's my fancy introduction. Madeline the human joining us here today to interview me, Haley, the human, about life. And so who knows what's going to come out today. I have no idea what questions Maddie has, but I think I'll just hand it over to you, Mads, and, and let's just get this convo rolling.
1: Oh, I love that introduction. Thank you. Yes, my purpose in life is to just be a human. So it's just <laughs> little old me today just jumping back on the pod with Haley. So I'm very <laughs> excited because I didn't get to ask all my questions last time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a really good one to start with uh, that I think I just forgot to ask last time. Um, and over the last few weeks, you know, as I've been listening to your other podcasts or just other things within the journey home, I've been adding to my giant list of questions. So (laughs) here I am with my, another giant list for you. So we'll we'll jump in. Let's So my first one, let's just go deep straight away. So I think, (laughs) um, it might've been in episode one or two. Um, and also within, I think, you know, a few of the videos within the journey home, you've mentioned that Child, Childhood is when we are conditioned. So it's when mm-hmm. we move away from who we truly are and when we start to forget who we are. Mm-hmm. And I think about this all the time. As you know, I've got a three-year-old son. So mm-hmm. this is very important to me to try to not condition him in a certain way if I can mm-hmm. all help it, um, which is obviously very hard because we live in a society where There are norms and standards, um, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I really don't want to dull his spark in any way if I can Mm -hmm. avoid it. So my question is, you know, for the next generation, how can we prevent this sort of conditioning that we were exposed to? Oh,
0: oh, Oh, I do like this deep question straight away. I feel like there's a few parts to this one. So firstly, I think it's important for us not to fear the conditioning that may result because we have to come into an acceptance that the child is going to be conditioned to a certain degree, but that is part of their life's path and it's part of unlocking their purpose and it's part of their remembering. You know, like, especially in the time that we live in still, you know, generations and generations down the line, maybe we'll get to a point where where, you know, in childhood children aren't having to come up against these, this conditioning and this suffering, but where we are now, they are. And we got we have to be okay with that because if we're living in too much fear around like, oh my gosh, am I conditioning my child? Am I ruining their life? That fear that you end up feeling will make you constrict in that moment, which will be the very thing that will cause the conditioning <laughs> anyway right, will be the very thing that can can create some anxiety in, in the home and can create anxiety and we can become like a helicopter parent with children and is that really like helping them? And so there's a difference between protecting your child from suffering and loving them through it and i think that's the biggest difference and that is where like the conscious parenting or the the way in which we can really support the children of the next generation is just to love them right not to protect them from having to come up against Suffering, or having to come up against the conditioning of society, or the conditioning of education, or the conditioning of the government, and and all of these places and our culture. You know, yes, you can homeschool your child. You cannot have a TV. You can never show them any type of media. You can, they can never go and and work in in the real world. And you can fully protect them from all of that stuff. But is that really helping them? There's a certain level, right? Um, like. Yeah, like I'm all for homeschooling and stuff like that, but it's people that homeschool, they still don't cut their children off from all of life. That's called living in a cult, right? That is called cult life. (laughs) And so there's this balance because we, part of our life as humans is to suffer. And suffering is the portal into grace. And it's also the portal into our highest purpose and into our highest service in this world are birthed through our wounding patterns and the things that we have to face that are actually pre-designed in our DNA before we even enter this world. And so it's less about trying to Stop our children from experiencing these things, and more about loving them right amongst their experience. Because, say, your child does go to school, maybe don't end up homeschooling. Like you know, either option is brilliant. Whatever feels right for you is brilliant. But the the key piece is just to love them in that. So if they are going to school and they come home and they've been hurt by something, just to love them in that, not to try and protect them from it or like, oh no, like you can't be experiencing that. Now I need a, now I need a homeschool you and you can't hang out with that child and oh, now I'm too scared to send them to school. I'm too scared to send them here. It's like, no, they're safe to come up against these things in the world because this is what they're meant to so that they can learn and become the change. You know, this is how our next generation becomes a change by experiencing these things. And, you know, the conditioning that I went through as a child has actually birthed my, my absolute magnificence as an adult. And so who are we to think that that's not the same for our children too? And so, yeah, it's a very fine line. We're not just going to throw our children into suffering like that's not what I'm saying you know there there is um there's responsibility as a parent and there's certain things that you wouldn't go throwing your child into or certain people you wouldn't just have them being around however like we have to let them live too and trust that their path is their path and just to love them in their path and that's what's going to make them believe that they can alchemize that you know as we love them in their issues of self-worth and identity and pain and all of these things, we remind them of who they truly are just by loving them, right? People don't need help. They just need to remember the feeling of love. And so that is the ultimate thing that's going to see our children flourish is just to love them.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that perspective coming at it from love rather than fear because I Mm -hmm. think especially as a parent, there is so much anxiety oh yeah and just all the time um for me personally and mm-hmm. that actually kind of brings me to one of my other questions which I was going to ask later but this is a nice segue um okay. because one thing that i've been thinking about a lot lately is uh the notion of relaxation because i am terrible at relaxing um i, I think you know this <laughs> when we were working together I think you once asked me, oh, so how do you relax, Maddie? And I was like, oh, I, I, I don't really relax. And you're like, but, <laughs> you, you were like, but you do yoga. Like, do you feel relaxed in yoga? I was like, no. You're like, in, in Shavasana at the end, I was like, oh, no, not really. <laughs> so, um, relaxing is something I am, um, it sounds, learning. I guess, learning. I was going to say working towards, which I guess kind of defeats the purpose of relaxing. But I am being more conscious, <laughs> being more conscious of my level of i guess tenseness or how relaxed I am because I think, like you said, the more anxious I become you know, say in relation to my parenting, then it, you know that's not fostering a nice environment, which is just gonna make things worse, so I'm trying to bring that relaxation in. And I was looking at gene key 40. So I Ooh. think that speaks about relaxation um, yes. in terms of that gift of resolve. I think mm-hmm. I was, I was journaling and I literally wrote something like, My patience and resolve are running low. And as I wrote that, I realized, oh my goodness, like those are two gene keys, like mm-hmm. gene key five, yes. patience yeah. and gene key 40, resolve. And I was like, well, maybe those are the ones I need to look into. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> And, yeah, so I guess my question is because I know just anecdotally talking to a few people lately, I've I've sort of been asking them, like, oh, what do you do to relax? Like, do you feel relaxed after work? And I think a lot of people that I've spoken to have said as parents it's very hard to relax. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know I'm sure for a lot of people without kids it is too, but just sort of the conversations I've been having at the moment uh, like my work colleagues don't have children and they're like, oh, yeah, no, I just go home and I just chill. It's great. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess my question is how can we bring more relaxation into our lives?
0: Yeah. Mm. And I'd like to point out that in the dream arc, number 40, it's not just called resolve but it's called relaxed resolve and it's represented by the cat And I mean, no other animal relaxes more than a fricking cat. I mean, they sleep for like 22 hours a day or something like that. Um, But when a cat goes and does something like hunts or anything like that, they are just like, oh, like they can have that energy, but they only have such resolve and such ability to do these things because they've relaxed so well. And so I think Genki 40 is a reminder for us that the relaxation and the rest precede the work instead of being a reward after the work (laughs) because we get that mixed up that, oh, if I've just done enough, then I can relax. And Genki 40 also, I will get into relaxation and rest in a second, but Genki 40 gives us, through the shadow, shows us why we find it so hard to relax and it's the shadow of exhaustion and we become exhausted not not necessarily because we're not relaxing or resting enough but because we're saying yes to too many things that aren't in alignment with our highest purpose and we're saying yes to things that actually aren't meant for us and so then we Have no time to relax, but that's not the problem. It's that the things we were doing were so draining in the first place. Because when you're doing things that are in alignment with you and that are meant for you, you won't be as drained from the energy that you're expelling doing that thing. So that's an interesting thing to look at, too. Like, okay, there's actually less need for so much rest and relaxation when I'm actually doing the things that. I'm called to do. And so think of all of the things that you've said yes to, that your heart said no. And that is really the reason why we're so exhausted and feel like we don't have enough time to relax because it's not just about the relaxing. It's about what am I using my energy for in the first place? Like, what am I running around doing that I should have said no to that could have been the time that I would be relaxing? Right? Like we fill up our days with so much stuff that we feel like we don't have the time to relax. But where are the little pockets that could have existed if you got more comfortable saying no? So there could actually be times in your day where you could be doing this relaxation, but they're all filled because of a lack of boundaries. So boundaries is very related to this, right? So that's the first place to look like, where am I actually choosing to use my energy? And uh, is that where I'm meant to be using it? Or could I be channeling it in different ways? And, And when we are channeling our energy into things that are for us, we find that there is less need for relaxation because some of the things are so fulfilling in what we're doing and we're actually doing them in a relaxed way, that then we don't have to rest after the work because the work was restful in itself. There's also that element too. Then it's important to look at the difference between relaxation and rest because they're not the same thing. And a lot of the time we mistake rest for relaxation. Where we think, okay, if I just sit on the couch, put my feet up and watch Netflix, yes, that's resting. You're physically resting your body, but relaxation is actually when you rest your mental and emotional bodies as well as not necessarily your physical body, but your mental and emotional. That's relaxation. So you can actually be doing something while relaxing, like maybe art or coloring in where your physical body is moving, but your emotional and mental bodies are relaxing. Whereas we often, we will choose to scroll on our phones. We watch Netflix and those sorts of things, which are rest, but not relaxation. So looking at the difference between those, because a lot of us feel like we don't have time to relax, but we have enough time to scroll social media we have enough time to binge watch that new series that came out on netflix so it's like okay where am i expecting my rest to be relaxing my emotional and mental bodies and it's not at all you know so there are just a few places There are just a few places to look that can lead you down paths of finding some really glorious nuggets and suddenly creating time where time never existed before Feel like I need to be paying you for this.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like blowing my mind as per usual. That's such a helpful insight into yeah, I think the the distinction between rest and relaxation. And yeah. I think I am pretty good at resting. Yeah. I don't I mean, I don't I've actually recently gotten rid of all social media off my phone. Mm. And I just don't go on it and it's been I've done it so many times that I always end up going back, but when I'm not mm. on it, I'm, I actually am so much more relaxed. And I've been trying to do a few more creative things um, mm-hmm. to bring in that sense of actual relaxation. Mm-hmm. So I think creativity can be relaxing. We actually, yeah. I guess, not using your brain, but using your brain in a totally different way and yes. where you can just sort of, yes, and you yeah. can just, yeah. And yeah, if you're using your hands and using your hands that carving sort of spoons, it's, yes,
0: carving <laughs> so it's like we have a good laugh. Oh, no one's going to get our personal joke, but anyway, we'll, we'll put it on the potty. <laughs> I love it so much. As Richard Rudd says, you know, carving
1: spoons, using your hands and, you know, getting those creative juices flowing. And yeah. it actually can be very relaxing. And you're not, you're not using your brain in a stressful sort of way. It's like you can just let go, yeah, and I think that does bring that relaxation is it's that letting go absolutely. Yeah.
0: And so it's about finding what are those things for you. And so mm. that's, that may take some experimentation because you may mm. never have done anything like that in your whole life. Like when I was first discovering this for myself of like, okay, what, what does make me feel relaxed? What does make me feel? And what makes other people feel relaxed may make you feel tense. So it's mm. not a one size fits all. You know, if I was going to sit there and paint a picture, it might make someone relax. That would make me tense as fuck because I'd be like, oh. I can't do this like that's not going to be it for me but Mm. something that I find really relaxing is freaking cutting cutting out I love to cut things out and I like to color in I do I've started embroidery for some people it's gardening getting your hands in the soil or but you've just got trial and error you know Mm. like I literally did this like eight years ago or something. I went online and I looked up a list of activities or hobbies people do that can be relaxing. I read through a list of about a thousand, wrote my own list of anything that stuck out to me. And then I just tried them all. And I ended up finding a couple that worked. It's like you're safe to try things as well. Like Mm. we put too much pressure on ourselves to find that thing that will make us relax that then – the actual process of finding a relaxing thing isn't relaxing, <laughs> and so it's like just take the pressure off and and just know that what's going to be relaxing for one person might not work for you, and and that's the whole point. And just go on a little self discovery journey.
1: Mm-mm. Exactly. Yeah. I've recently bought a book about still life drawing, and it just takes you through, mm. um, yeah, yeah different. Drawing exercises, and I've never really—I shouldn't say I've never been a drawer. I loved drawing as a kid. I literally won a drawing competition when I was in primary school. But (laughs) in my mind, I'm not very good at drawing, so I I figure. But I, so I, I actually thought back to what I liked to do in my childhood, which was drawing and coloring. So I bought that book, and yeah, I've just been—I mean, I managed to snag an hour to myself in a weekday the other day, which just Mm. never happens. So instead of, yeah, I guess like scrolling on my phone or, Mm. um, you know, even reading a book, which I love reading. It's kind of my main hobby, main thing I do too. I'm sort of thinking now about, you know, do I find reading restful or do I find it relaxing? So I'm going to ponder on that one a little bit. Um, But instead of just sort of doing something, I guess, more passive, Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I want to actually want to just, yeah, I guess use my hands and mm. see how that feels. And like you said, like it's that self-exploration and I just laid on my bed with my drawing book and did a few of the little creative exercises in it and
0: it, it actually was like very nourishing. I um, love that. Yeah. Nourishing. Yeah. That mm. is an important aspect because you can rest and watch Netflix or scroll on your phone, but is it nourishing? Mm. Is it nurturing you? Because that's what relaxation should include is nourishment, nurture, enrichment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so many of the things we do in order to relax don't involve any type of nourishment. That's like some people to relax will get out a bag of chips or a block of chocolate and sit and eat that to relax. But that's not actually relaxing because it's not nourishing you. Mm. So it's not actually at the end of the day relaxing and we, we, we have ripple effects of that where maybe you'll feel a bit bloated or you won't feel so good or your energy will be lower after that thing that you did to relax. You should have an increase in your energy after the things that we do to relax, not a decrease. And that's something to think about too.
1: Yes. And I loved what you said sort of right at the start about not seeing relaxation as something to do after you've been productive yeah. because I know that's how I see it. And I'm like, okay, I can relax at the end of my day. Once my son's in bed, that's my relaxation time, Mm. which point I am so exhausted and, you know, Mm. tense from the day. I'm just, you know, I'm wound up. I, you know, I don't really get much downtime through my day. So yeah, I think, whereas maybe once a week, I get these magical mornings where my son and my husband will both sleep till about seven. And I, I always wake up at about 5:30, 6 o'clock. And mm. usually if I try and get out of bed, my son wakes up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh <laughs> about, about once a week, he will just magically stay asleep. And I get to go sit on the couch with my cup of coffee and my book. And I sit yeah. there for like the first, even sometimes it's even just 30 minutes. Sometimes I get, you know, a whole hour. I did yesterday. It was just, oh, life changing. <laughs> uh, like The once a week that I can do that sets my whole day up so beautifully. Mm. And I've tried that thing of like, oh, what if I just got up an hour earlier? But whenever I try that, my son wakes up and then we're just up from 5am and it's it's not a <laughs> relaxing time. So I'm just learning to enjoy it when it happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Waiting for life to open it up for you. Yes. Yes, Mm. I love that. And taking the opportunities.
1: Yeah. So as the opportunities arise, but that is so much more relaxing than Mm -hmm. say reading a book at the end of the day when I'm already exhausted. So it's like getting to relax before I've even done anything and then you go into your day relaxed rather than Going into your day frantic, running around all day, run, run, yeah. run, yeah. and then you're so exhausted, which is the shadow okay. of Jane K forty, that yeah. you just cannot do mm. anything to relax. Mm. It's just that sort of vicious cycle. So, yeah, thank you for everything you said there because that has given me a lot to
0: think about. Could could I offer up one more thing? Oh, <laughs> please do. Please continue. <laughs> what what if that evening time that you get? What if you started seeing that as what preceded your next day rather than what came at the end of the current one? What if mm. that became the beginning? Yes. So if you start seeing that not as a way to wind down from today but a way that I'm preparing myself for tomorrow. Oh, so you that. can you can even just switch that up and being like, okay, this is the chunk of time I get, so this is the thing that comes first. I do mm. this first, so then when I wake up, I'm waking up from the, the beauty of what I did last night, which is leading me into today instead of it being around the other way and that's just a little perspective shift, right? Yes,
1: yes. I love mm. that so much. Oh, I just, mm. Mm, thank you. You're welcome. Life changing. <laughs> life changing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure this will be life changing for lots of people. So, I <laughs> uh, don't know which question to go to next. Now, um, I'm out of order. I had I had them in this nice order, but
0: oh, you've gone and screwed it up already. Right at the start. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: fine. It's fine. Um. All right. I'll just go. I'll just go to the next one that was on my list. So, in terms, I, I'm going to speak a lot about the gene keys today because, as we know, Love the gene it. keys are. They're just they're everything, and the, like I think we've said this before. Like the more we study the gene keys, the more we just see them in everything. Like I'll see them in books that I read. Mm. Um, I'll see mm. them come up in TV shows, and just yeah. it, it's so amazing to find all the connections. So, in terms of the gene keys, what has been the most difficult shadow for you to work through, uh, either personally, or if there's a shadow that because I I know it's quite interesting a lot of your clients have really similar profiles and you've worked with quite a lot of one-on-one clients mm. now mm. and I, you know, I know some of the women um, from, you know, Voxer from, we've been in a Voxer group, even though we're working mm. one-on-one with you, but so that we can mm. share insights. And so many of them seem to have the same keys prominently mm. in their profile. And I know mm. you've got a client who's got literally the exact same activation sequence as me down yeah. to the lines, yeah. so, which is just <laughs> wild. So obviously you are drawing in a very certain type mm. of crowd. Mm. Um, which is amazing. It's uh, it just blows my mind, like magnetism. everything. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So JK fifteen. So, oh, there you go. <laughs> you've been studying, uh, which is your I want to say culture sphere. Yes. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a freakish memory. That's freakish. amazing. You because correct. we were speaking about the biome of the journey yes, home. We were because heard. magnetism has mm. all to do with nature. So yes. love that one. Um, oh, that's oh. the programming partner of. Oh, don't tell me I'm going to, it's one of the ones that I've got because I feel really, uh, Gene k 10 naturalness. Yes, a Programming partner of that one and I have that yes. as my attraction. So I've, I'm always yes. very, feel very drawn to Jean k 15
0: so, Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> very long-winded
1: way of asking the question of what mm. has been the most difficult shadow for you personally or for your clients to work through? Mmm. I've
0: opened up the back of a Jean Key's book just to sort of skim my eyes over the shadows, just to make sure I'm not forgetting one in particular. Um, a couple come to mind instantly for me personally, that are in my own chart, and then another comes to mind collectively that I actually don't struggle with, but I see being one of the biggest struggles of the world, but then I feel like that's why I don't struggle with it so that I can actually guide people through it. So you can see like all of the different dynamics. So starting with in my chart, definitely the a shadow that I struggled with the most prior to coming into the Gene Keys before knowing about this language was the first Gene Key shadow of entropy, which means the loss of energy in a system. Mm-hmm. And, and literally have chronic fatigue and adrenal fatigue, which is literally the loss of energy in the system. And this and is your evolution key? This is my evolution yeah. key. So your evolution key is is going to just be that one that's wreaking havoc in your life until you really see it from a different perspective. And I I spent a decade – well, prior to this, it was even my life before, but I had lots of energy – so it was this. So I didn't see it, but even when I had lots of energy as a child, I bought into that energy as being my worthiness. I bought into that energy as being my identity and and the reason why I'm worth taking up space because I had a lot of energy. And Haley, it's the joyful one. Like I always used to be told that I was like full of beans. I just wouldn't stop. I was just like, you should see photos of me from when I'm like ten. I look like the fucking Terminator. Like. <laughs> Like a little gladiator, like just ripped, and like a little boy, like because I was just didn't stop, and I was just always oh, doing stuff. I literally had like these weights that I'd have in my room, and I like do my weight because I just I just had too much energy. I didn't know what to do with it, but I bought into that as being my identity, which meant then when I got sick and energy literally just ceased to exist like the way that i feel the chronic fatigue that shows up for me is is not just being tired it's like you've literally had every ounce of of like your soul sucked out of your body that kind of exhaustion is just next level and that was so hard for me for so many years before finding the gene keys because i was buying into the fact that because i had no energy i couldn't be worthy And so working through the shadow of entropy has been about learning to love myself just as much when I have no energy as when my energy is super high and learning to honor my cycles because that's all it really is. When you get trapped in chronic fatigue or adrenal fatigue is simply the fact that you haven't been honoring your cycles. I'd been living too much in the masculine. I even, you know, I hadn't been honoring my cycle to the point where I lost my ovulation cycle for nine years. I didn't have a period for nine years because I wasn't, I was out of sync with the rhythm of what it was to be me and the rhythm of what it was to be a woman. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was a very difficult shadow to live with. So it actually wasn't that difficult to work through. Like it was more Mm -hmm. like Oh, it was the most difficult one for me to live with prior to understanding the gene keys. Then once I started working with it, it just opened up my whole life and changed everything in the way I saw everything. It was uncomfortable to sit with in the beginning, but like, so that was for me in my, in my chart. And the other one in my chart that's most difficult for me is my core, which is for everyone, your core wound. I mean, it's your core bloody wound. It's, gonna be, it's like the deepest of... It's the deepest of things within you. And, and mine's Gene Key 58, which is this, the shadow of dissatisfaction. And so a feeling that I have lived with for a lot of my life, and it's been coming up a lot lately, is like this disheartened, disappointed feeling. This feeling like I'm being crushed under the weight of failure, but it's not really failure. It's not failure in the way of Key 32 failure. It's more in the way of dissatisfaction of believing that things need to be um, different in order for me to be like living out my full purpose, which is a full lie. And so that's been a really uncomfortable one for me to face. Like some mornings, a lot of mornings, I will wake up just straight into disheartenment and like I'm a complete failure. Like I wake up into that feeling and I'll wake up with <gasps> heavy breathing and I'm like, have I just failed it my entire life? Am I just, should I just throw it all in? Am I just, who the fuck am I? What am I doing? I'll wake up with that feeling. But of course, it's okay. Like in the past, <laughs> I would freak out. That would spiral me for a long time. But now I wake up with that feeling and I'm like, all right, here it is. This is my core wound and I've got to embrace this. I'm safe to feel this. And that has been the most uncomfortable thing for me to sit with because it's a feeling that I've been avoiding my whole life. Mm. And even when I've been in my really high energy and, yes, I do, I love everything at the same time and I do have so much joy and this doesn't discount the joy that I have and and the man, I love myself and my life and my work I do. Yes, all of that. But this little feeling of dissatisfaction has been present the whole way through and I've always avoided it. And as a result, it's always held me back subconsciously and now I'm bringing it into the conscious and it is so uncomfortable, Maddie. <laughs> you know this what's feeling. The, um, what's the gift? Um, vitality. Oh, and beautiful. And bliss. bliss. Oh, oh, so <laughs> it's, it's literally, and again, this is connected in with my chronic fatigue because mm. it's blocking me from my energy. It's, and this is why yeah. that and and, and um, my and evolution, I mean, you put those together and you've got a bitch with chronic health issues, you know? Like, <laughs> that's me. Yeah. So it's like this acceptance. And as I'm really starting to look at this, man, oh, I'm getting goosebumps all over me right now because I am going through a real rebirth at the moment. Which is my Radiance gene key, by the way. So of course I'm rebirthing, where I'm really starting to look at this directly in the eyes for the first time in my life, and yeah. But for everyone that core wound, I mean, you don't just dive into your core wound when you come to the gene keys. (laughs) Oh no, my love. Like you no. got to be ready and you got to have that real core stability and that entropy really mm. had to be embraced before I went anywhere near my core wound. And like mm. that time for me is now, even though I had worked through my venous sequence before, and yes, I've sat with this before, but with what's happening in my life right now, it's really come to the surface and, and just in the, the place I'm at in my own personal contemplation, I'm just ready for that. And I'm just really, I'm sitting with it and it's, it's, the most beautiful thing I've ever witnessed in myself. But definitely the hardest shadow. And I know this is a long answer to this question, but I, I want to mention I love it. The next Keep gene going. key. Keep going. Which I more so see as being the really difficult one um in my clients' charts and in the world. And that's gene key 36.
1: Is that gene- the turbulence humanity? Vanity. Yeah, that's mm. that's one of the ones that came to mind because I feel like So many of the women, I don't have that one personally, Mm -hmm. but I feel like that one comes up all the time in our conversations within the journey home. Yeah.
0: Yes. I've had five, five one-to-one clients with 36. um, And then a lot of women in the journey home, like if I do like free readings or anything like that and I look up charts, it's in a lot of people's charts. Um, That's crazy. My sister, it's her life's work. um, Oh, wow. Like one of my best friends, her daughter, it's her purpose. Like um, Debbie, we all know Deb. I mean, if you're on the journey home, we know Deb. It's Deb's core. You know, we've got lots of, um, I've got lots of prominent people in my life with this gene key. And so it's the shadow of turbulence, the gift of humanity and the city of compassion. And it is one of the gene keys out of the 64 that no one goes unscathed through so 36 is relevant to you whether it's in your chart or not and all the gene keys to a certain degree are relevant to you because you have all 64 parts of the DNA but this in particular like you cannot not go through this because the shadow of turbulence is really just what it means to be in a human body <laughs> because as soon as we drop down into a mortal body guess what you're going to die one day and guess what you're going to suffer So like this, this key is all about human suffering and the different ways in which we can look through that human suffering, either through the shadow frequency or through the gift frequency, because through the shadow frequency, we look at suffering as something to be feared. And when we fear suffering, it creates emotional turbulence and emotional overwhelm. And we have bought into the idea as a collective that suffering causes overwhelm. Suffering causes the pain. Suffering causes that, oh, this is horrible. I don't want this. But it's not the suffering that causes that. It's your fear to suffer that causes that. And so the shadow frequency of turbulence is just looking at suffering through the lens of fear. So we project forward and we're, we're fearing, okay, what might that look like? What might that feel like? And and that's what makes us emotionally turbulent rather than actually just being in the suffering itself. And I relate to this, like I would project forward about how much pain I'd be in and and how I'd be feeling if I had to go to that event when I was in pain and that would make me overwhelmed or anxious. But if I was just at the event and in the pain and I dropped into my body in that moment, I'm actually, I'm, I'm safe in the suffering. Mm. And so, this is, you know, it's a very big, deep gene key, but I see it causing havoc in so many people's lives. And it's simply the fear to suffer. And so, it's really about coming into this acceptance of suffering being part of our life. Like I was saying with our children, where it's not about protecting them, it's about actually accepting that our path and our suffering is nothing but a gateway into grace, into more love, into more self-understanding, into more purpose, into more of our magnificence. And I think that I have a deep connection with this Gene Key because of the amount of suffering that I journey through physical suffering and how much I understand that that is the birthplace of everything that is good in me. And so I honour and I accept that suffering And so it's helped me to not fear suffering. I'm like, what's going to be in this for me? And so I find that is a really big one for a lot of people to work through. And it's like, it's one of the big revelations that that we need to go through as humans in order to really unlock our highest purpose. Because as long as we're still fearing suffering, we're not going to take the turns in life that we're destined to take because some Mm. of those turns include suffering and so for avoiding suffering we are avoiding transformation and Mm. so yeah that is one that really comes to mind too yeah
1: yeah that's that's a big one Mm. and yeah I'm I'm always really interested in that one because like I said I don't have it in my profile personally but I just see it come up all the time so what
0: about you Madeline
1: oh the one that's been hardest for me yeah yeah um, well, it made me laugh when you sort of were talking about the pairing of your evolution and your core wound because <laughs> for me, my shadow in my evolution is half heartedness, and my core wound is indifference so, uh, yes, <laughs> and I also so the um shadow of indifference, so that's gene key sixteen. I have that twice in my profile, yeah, so I've got indifference, indifference, half heartedness. And that is my life of just yeah, yeah that's that's my challenge in life is mm. and you know, you we've you know, you've worked with me, you've seen this come <laughs> up in my life in myriad ways. Oh yes, I have. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Madeline, why are you unable to celebrate yourself? Madeline, why are you unable to be <laughs> excited about anything? Like this is life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's the, it's the same thing you said that now that I'm aware of it. It makes mm. sense to me, and I can see myself in those shadow patterns, and I can mm. see the connections between the different gene keys and what might be at play. Mm. And it, yeah, I think like you said, it's it was harder before then because yes. I would just be so blah about
0: it, not know why,
1: and not know why, and I'm like, oh. and then you know, it feels like it's a bad thing, even though it's just a shadow, and every shadow contains a gift. So mm. you know, when I can move away from half-heartedness I can step into commitment and then devotion and the note um that that notion of devotion has Mm. been coming up a lot in my life Mm. um I just it just come it I just like the synchronicities yeah I just see devotion everywhere like it it will come up in yoga it will come up in books that I find it's just it's just one of those ones that it's Mm. I guess it's quite tangible as opposed to some of my other gene keys but
0: And And then with
1: (laughs) rapture, yeah, it's much
0: easier to to get your hands around than a rapture.
1: (laughs) Yes. So, devotion. And then, you know, the um, gift of Gene k 16 is versatility and then the city of mastery. So, (sighs) yeah, when I can move out of indifference towards something into versatility, um, which I am a very versatile person. And I think Mm. your core wound is also. Uh, your, vocation. When you in, your vocation when you move into yeah. the pearl sequence and yeah. for me versus like any time I have a job it's like I am the versatile person in that yeah. environment so mm. I love stepping into that and you know I re- that really is where my genius is so yes. I think yeah it's, it's it's an interesting pairing when you put together your um your core wound and your evolution it's just yeah. like your two yeah. kind of biggest challenges and mm. they often I mean I yeah I haven't really ever you know, thought about it from that perspective. It would be interesting to look at, you know, other people's charts and sort of see how connected those two keys are with each other yeah, because, like, yeah. for both of us, that's um, yeah. a really big thing. So
0: it's kind of funny. Amazing. It's so funny when
1: you – I'm just looking at it through the the key of lightness. So yes, <laughs> there you go. It. My life's work.
0: <laughs> I'm so obsessed with this conversation so far. I'm so like
1: – So good. So good. <laughs> oh, and oh. – <laughs> It brings me to, uh, I guess, talking about um, turbulence into humanity and that collective sort of shadow um, without getting too much into the politics of it because I know it's obviously a very sore spot for a lot of people through the world, but obviously with everything that's going on in Israel and Palestine and mm. then even just closer to home, you know, we've had the referendum on mm-hmm. the voice to parliament, which was mm-hmm. a very depressing result. Um, <laughs> I guess my question is, is there a particular gene key that we can use to view what's happening in the world at the moment? I mean, I know there's, I think, is there the shadow of oppression that one sort of came to mind? Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. how we can maybe use that gene key or the gene keys in general to, um, mm. I don't know, maybe bring more compassion or I, I think I, I know my yoga teacher at the moment, at the end of each practice, we do like a particular mudra and then she always does like a chant and it has been very focused on what's been happening in the world. And mm. she sort of talks about how we can all, you know, by healing ourselves personally or being that mm. sort of healing presence in the world, we can heal the world together. Mm. Um, And, yeah, I think that is something as well that's been causing a lot of anxiety for a lot mm. of people. And, mm-hmm. you know, going back to that thing about not being able to relax because... Everything in the world feels like it's falling apart Mm. um, on a, I guess, collective level. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what my question per se is. I'm getting you. I'm getting you. Do what you will with that.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, as you were just talking, I'm again running through my list of shadows just to make sure. And I'm like, oh, that one. No, it's that one. No, it's that one. Oh, no, 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 it's this one. And so, (laughs) and I mean, it could be all of them, really. Well, so, yes, I mean, (laughs) the things that are manifesting in our world are a result of our shadow patterns and a result of our collective shadow patterns and every shadow pattern that we feel within ourselves it's happening within the collective and so yes the things that we see manifesting all around us and you know the two things that you speak of are things that we hear about what about all the other shit that we don't hear about You know, and I think it's this sort of stuff is happening every day and it has for our entire lives, whether we hear about it on the news or not, this stuff is happening. One of the things with these particular examples I think that comes to mind the most is probably Gene Key 49, Reaction Revolution, Um, because the way we're trying to create a revolution in our world where you know revolution we 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 we're, we're moving forward we're going to change the tapestry of things we're going to change the way that we do things the way we see things the way we do life but a lot of people who think that they're revolutionaries are actually reactionaries you can't create revolution by being in reaction mm. And I think for us personally, that's the most important thing to remember because when all of this stuff happens and then it just causes a reaction out of us, we're actually feeding more into the problem. We, we're we not going to create a revolution by being in reaction. And so it's about looking at our own reaction patterns. It's in Genki 49 that lies our human ability to murder another, which is scary because I have it in my radiance. <laughs> <laughs> i got to bring a joke into this heavy conversation sorry Walk everyone. out Bevan <laughs> so you know this is an important jinky when it comes to war and it comes to all these sorts of things and um yeah just reacting to something that we don't like doesn't actually change the thing that we don't like it just creates more of the thing that we don't like And then makes our life more miserable in the meantime, as we continue reacting to it. And so sometimes we can wonder why we're not getting anywhere. And it's because we're trying to create revolution through reaction. And so that's where I would, you know, I'm no expert on any of this, nor do I have any desire to be like a politician or a world leader in any degree, but yeah i would say that some of some of the answers to the way in which we're destined to move forward in our world lay within the frequency of revolution and really looking at what really is revolution and and how do we truly do things differently because part of revolution is actually honoring the past at the same time without just trying to chain rip up everything and change everything it has this honoring of what was and understanding Revolution understands that it takes time. Revolution understands that things don't just happen overnight and you don't fix things by just kicking out all of the people that you think are wrong or stupid. That's not actually how you create revolution because that's just a reaction to what you fear. And so, yeah, I feel like that would be the place to go and have a look. I might not say anything more on it because, yeah, that's, that's just sort of where where I see the calling and the keys the most. And GenQ49 is one of the free ones um, that you can download. I think it's on SoundCloud um, because it's one of, I guess, it is one of the free ones because Richard also sees it as a really important one in, in the moving forward of our world. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. I will go and have a listen to that one. I do love mm. the audios.
1: The audios are mm, mm. Mm. so helpful. They are. And I guess my next question kind of circling back to when I was speaking about the most difficult shadow for you to work through Mm. so I want to bring it over to the city state and Mm. my question here was um you spoke about I'm not sure if you've spoken about it on this podcast um but I know you did a episode about it that was within the journey home when you had this massive breakthrough Mm, earlier this year Mm -hmm. and I think he said something how you you literally felt, you know, light coming through your DNA and it was this like very um, intense experience. So mm. my question was, do you think that you were experiencing a city state during that?
0: You know what? I had not even considered that. Oh, what a cool question. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I, I, I had to have been because, yeah, the, the way that I almost described it was – ecstasy which is one of the cities um ecstasy mm. ecstasy, ecstasy. Like one of mine. Uh, do you do you think of um do you think of summer heights high and how no not summer heights high yeah it was where mr mr g and he sings that song about the girl and say like, ecstasy ecstasy e e e e ecstasy. <laughs> do you remember so, it then. actually hit the charts in australia oh. Oh my that god! Does not I love that. I uh, Summer Heights High, guys. If <laughs> so you're not good. an Aussie and you haven't seen Summer Heights High, you're gonna have to go and check it out. Um, Gene forty six ecstasy. So in that moment, I was, I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I can feel this ecstasy, and it was almost so ecstatic that it like hurt. But it didn't hurt. It was, and that's when you know that it's more of a really high level frequency because when you hit the absolute thresholds of bliss, it almost becomes pain again. <laughs> but mm. it's not. That's like with acid and alkaline how the higher the acidity goes, you begin to burn yourself. But the more alkaline you go, you also begin to burn yourself from the cold. I feel like it's that same sort of spectrum with mm. the energy. So, yeah, I would say yes it would have been like a glimpse of acidic state but I more so saw it in that moment as the feeling of the light breaking out through the DNA and it was like the burning off of an old pattern which is what Mm. happens like that light when it comes out that's like this rapture it's like a burning the lightness becomes so much that it burns off certain shadows that that releases this intense experience of ecstasy and joy as that thing is no more it's literally like a mutation happening in in the dna and it was the most insane experience i have ever had and i remember just thinking amongst it i was like oh my god this is what richard was talking about <laughs> And it was wild. It was absolutely wild. And I'm really excited for when it happens the next time. But you can't make these things happen. They happen on their no. own spontaneously. But mm. you actually are making them happen by your dedication and devotion to the contemplation practices and by sitting with these things. And then they will just, boom, you'll have these moments of breakthrough and these moments of merging, which is really what that was, was happening, like my my DNA doing that, whatever it was doing. Um and you were never the same after something like that. It's, uh, you know, when you have a glimpse of the city, it's like having a glimpse of God. You know, it makes me think of the story from the Old Testament where Moses saw the burning bush, like God in the burning bush. And it's like, you're never the same after that. Or when Moses saw just the back of God, like he couldn't even see. God's face because you would just cease to exist from the ecstasy of coming face to face with God. But after he came down from the mountain of that experience, his skin was glowing. His skin was glistening. That's this, I believe, that radiance coming out through through the light that's concealed in your DNA by coming face to face with God. So- mm. Mm. Interest. Beautiful. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. That, that was just. It was a very random question. That one, but I was like, I'm just. Cu- I was just curious to hear more I love about it. it because I, was very, I was very fascinated by it. Um, my final question. I think it's my final question. I going to have a quick look. Really? Already? Yeah. Yeah. I, I tried to keep it quite succinct this time. Oh, there ah. you go. So I would have talked more. A, in,
0: I would have talked more in all of my answers. <laughs>
1: Next time. <laughs> um, it's just a kind of fun question, this one. Um, I know you're currently journeying through the dream arc. So I just yes. wanted to hear how that's going and if you've had any, you know, particular insights or there's been any particular animals that um have really come through because I am loving Megan within the journey home. She has a section, Mm. Megan's messages from Gaia, um, Mm. which she talks about the dream arc and it's, I love her videos. They're they're just, they're so fun. So yeah, I'd love to hear how it's going for you.
0: Okay. So now I'm going to talk for ages now, so it's all good that you only had a few questions. (laughs) (laughs) Just as you're talking about the dream arc, my body is just getting covered in goosebumps. Um, But I'm very aware that no one in, in this audience, I've ever shared anything about the dream arc before. So let me just give you a little insight into what it even is. And then, oh my gosh, Madeline, I have just experienced the most insane synchronicities and these moments. It's just been crazy. And it's been a big part of how I was saying before that I'm really coming face to face with that core wound that has all been initiated for me through my dream arc journey, which is really interesting. So the dream arc is a part of the Gene Keys, but it also sits separate from the Gene Keys, um, you can someone can come and do the Dream Arc and never know about the Gene Keys and never look at the Gene Keys book or anything in their whole life, and it does not affect your, your experience within the Dream Arc. However, if you do know the Gene Keys and you come into the Dream Arc, you'll see that it is all one. So the Dream Arc, instead of having the shadows, the gift, and the cities of the 64 Gene Keys, it has 192 animal totems. 192 animals from the underworld the mammal kingdom and the bird kingdom that represent the shadows the gifts and the cities and it is a completely um, lateral program there is no logic about it like you cannot enter into the dream arc and like do it right. And there is, like, it even takes you off on different, it's like one of those books that you would read in primary school and it would be like, choose your adventure book. And, and it says, go to page 92. If you chose this answer, that's sort of like what the dream arc like. It takes you through your intuition on a journey. And the way it works is in the different categories of the dream arc, um, you work with a particular animal that either chooses you or you choose it. And there's all these different ways in which you do that. And that animal has a specific guidance that it shares with you, which is in alignment with its gene key, but you don't have to know about that. And it invites you into this adventure with it. As you peel back things and see things and and that animal journeys with you in your dream life, both both waking dream life and sleeping dream life, and um, starts to just through a very artistic, creative way, unlock your magnificence and your wisdom. And so I'd love to share two sort of stories that I've experienced so far and I'm only six weeks into journeying with the Dream Arc and, I mean, it's like a nine-month journey. So after the very first um, sort of I'm doing the Dream Arc retreat as well, so I'm not just doing the course but I'm doing this live retreat with Richard and Rosie who are the two people that run the Dream Arc and after the first um, call, I was like, okay, I am committed to this dream arc journey. And part of that commitment was committing myself to starting to write down my dreams and and committing myself that I'm going to start remembering my dreams. I am quite a dreamer anyway, but I find it hard to remember them. And, And I have sort of kept a dream journal before, but I've done it like by waking up in the morning to write in my dream journal. Whereas the way that they described it was, if you wake up in the middle of the night from a dream, you write down that dream then. You don't, wait because of course you're going to forget it and and you might have several dreams in a night and only remember your last one and what were the the earlier ones so this night I go to bed I'm like all right I'm committed I'm gonna write down my dream and I was so excited because I was thinking oh my gosh is an animal gonna come to me in my dream because I've never really dreamt of animals before in my life maybe a couple of times but they very rarely show up and I was thinking oh I wonder if an animal's gonna come how exciting And anyway, I'm having a dream and it was semi-lucid because in the dream, I remember thinking to myself, Hayley, you're dreaming. You're going to have to write this down. (laughs) And it was such a profound dream because I am petrified of heights and it's quite common for me to have a height dream where I'm just freaking the fuck out. Like I might be on like a high bridge or like get thrown off something and I'm just petrified. And in this dream, I'm on this huge rope swing. Madeline, have I told you this story before? I just want to know before I just. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. So I just felt bad for if I'm like retelling you something that you've already heard. Anyway, none of the listeners have heard this. So I will keep going. I'm swinging on this giant. I'm talking a huge, like not real life. It's like a, out of this world size rope swing. And as I'm swinging, I'm thinking to myself, why am I not afraid right now? And that was my first thing where I'm like, okay, this is different. And, and so already I knew this was an initiation into something I was like, oh my God. And I sort of just went with it and I wasn't afraid, but it was still exhilarating. Then it came to a stop and and I was over this like creek and it was brown murky water another one of my fears. I would never get into brown murky water, but I get off the rope swing and everyone's like, you did it. And I'm like, yes, I did it. And I just get straight into this brown murky water. And then in my dream, I'm like, Hayley, you're in brown murky water and you're not afraid. What's going on? And I'm just in this brown murky water. And then I feel an eel swimming between my legs. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm like, why am I not afraid of that eel? And then my mind was like, oh, my gosh, it's an animal. Quick, wake up, wake up, <laughs> write it down. And animals come to you in your dream and it's a bloody eel. And it's so funny because I did wake up and I had planned to write in my dream journal, like I was going to try and flick the light on and quickly write down and... I was so disorientated that I'm trying to do it and, like, I thought that I managed to open up to my page and I went to write something and I was like, this is too hard. So I got my phone and I typed it into my notes of my phone and I went back to sleep. I woke up the next morning and I thought to myself, did I write something in my journal? And, and I flicked through and about halfway through on a random page written on the side looked like my left-hand writing it was like, eel. <laughs> But thankfully, I had typed it all up in my notes. So then I went, I went, okay, well, I've dreamt of a bloody eel. I'll go to the DreamArk Animal Codex and look up eel and see what this thing means. I look it up. And it goes like, if I have come to you, like, you better be ready. Because, like, if you're not ready, turn back now because this is going to be the most intense journey of your life and if you know don't be ashamed if 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 you're not ready don't do it and then it says while you were working with me you may not work with any other animal and this is going to be a really long journey and this is different to any of the other animals in the whole dream market I'm reading it going like why the fuck did I dream of an eel (laughs) what's happening um and anyway after sitting with it for a couple of days I decided I cannot not follow this like I literally had a dream of an eel. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to. And it, I've been working with the eel now for six weeks, and it has been insane. And I am going to do a podcast episode on this, but essentially, you go through the life cycle of the eel. And eels, are, I had no idea. It's fucking fascinating. They literally transform into like four completely different beings before they end their lives um, back out in the ocean. Wow. it's it's crazy and it's really been confronting me in so many different ways of how, of how i'm having to sit with with this fear of failure and this big vision that i hold and how essentially it's about um the fantasy or the big vision that we hold for our lives and how that can actually get us trapped from ever actually fulfilling our dream because we get so consumed by the bigness of the dream that we, we never actually get our feet on the ground to take the journey in order to live out the dream. Mm -hmm. So the way the eel works into this is an eel in its final phase, like it's big dream obviously is to um, create more eels is to spawn and so a silver eel spawns out in the middle of the ocean and it spawns and it dies. So that is like its, its end goal is to create new eels and then it dies. Then the life cycle is these larvae rise up to the top of the ocean out in the middle of nowhere. They then float for 6,000 kilometers back towards England. These are European eels, back towards England for, and this can take six months. They then turn into glass eels and they have to finally float in the current. They make it to the estuary. Then once they're in the estuary, they change colour into brown and then they actually have to swim up the estuary. They have to go over land and up vertical things to get to then the freshwater, at which point they turn into, um, so that's an elver eel that turned into the brown. Then it turns into a yellow eel once it reaches the freshwater. It'll live there as a yellow eel for like 20 years catching stuff and whatever and one day it's like mm, i feel the call to go back to the ocean it takes the trip all the way back up the estuary gets to the ocean completely changes its entire biology changes into a silver eel goes from being a freshwater animal to a saltwater animal swims that six thousand kilometers back out into the middle of the ocean to have its eggs and then it dies so the biggest thing that i've found so far is that the 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 glass eel that's risen to the surface and needs to float in the current its big dream is to be that silver eel to come and and lay its eggs in the ocean right mm-hmm. that's its big dream and so if it got caught up in that big dream it would stay there out in the ocean being like this is where i'm meant to be this is this is what i've got to do but of course it can't because it's a bloody glass eel it's it's, it's got to take that full journey to become The silver eel to even be able to do that. But the vision of who it was becoming can be the very thing that will stop it from becoming it in the first place. And so it had to take its vision and allow itself to do its journey, walk its path, go through all the transformation, have all of that time, change into the freshwater creature before it could even come back to live out that vision. But the vision pulled it the whole way through Instead of stopping it in its tracks and making it just dwell in the ocean and die, just being like, I'm meant to be here, but no, not yet. You've got to take a journey first. And that so it's so fascinating. It's and so fascinating.
1: It's funny too, because I know you really had to work through your f- own personal fear of the ocean.
0: Mm. Oh, but
1: it's just funny that this, this animal has picked you that is just like, I'm just going to go float in the middle of the ocean. Come with me. It's, in like the sense. synchronicities, like you were saying, like that's yeah, that's so oh. funny.
0: And then, so yeah, I worked with glass eel for six weeks and I've just been initiated into the elver eel. Like it sounds weird, but like I've been on this very deep contemplative process. And so that's just been profound and it's been changing the way that I'm showing up in my life in just so many ways. But then the other thing about the dream arc that's been incredible is even though you're not meant to work with another animal at the same time as the eel. Everyone in the beginning of your dream arc journey, you choose a guardian animal and that guardian is just with you through your whole journey and the choosing of your guardian. There's 12 different animals that are the guardians and it's this really special process where you sort of sit with the 12 and you see which one you feel drawn towards and that might be instant or you might sit a little longer. I instantly felt drawn towards the bull. Because the bull represents Jinky number one, which is that entropy I was talking about, which is in my chart. And I'm a Taurus and I bulls are actually my favorite animal. I lived on a bull farm for the whole year when I was creating the journey. Like I'm very connected to bulls. And so I was like, well, it's going to be the bloody bull, isn't it? And like when I looked into what the bull was about, I was like, yes, that's what I want out of my Dream Arc journey. But then I was like, no. You should do your due diligence and actually give all of the other guardians an opportunity to speak to you if they want to. So I was like, I'm going to go through and listen to, there's like a little like animal bite for each of them. I'm going to go through and listen to each of them and see. I was going around. I'm like, no, not that one. And none of them were resonating. I was like, of course, it's going to be the bloody bull. Then I get to the final one and it was the turtle. And the turtle's guidance, I was like, ooh, I was like, maybe maybe it's going to be the turtle. But then I was like, nah, I like the bull more, but maybe it's the turtle. And I thought, well, I will just open myself up for a couple of days and see if any kind of synchronicity drops in for either the bull or the turtle. And so then I'd sort of, I'd sat with it and I was like, okay, yeah, it's between the bull and the turtle. I'm just going to leave it at that and see what happens. Then I I was like, okay, I'm going to message Megan, who you were just saying, Megan, who loves the dream arc, and I was about to voxer her and be like, Megan, the turtle has popped into my field of view. Maybe it'll be the turtle, but I needed to pee. So instead of messaging Megan, sat down on the toilet instead, and I thought, well, in the meantime, I'll listen to my audio book. I'm listening to a book which is a psychological thriller about a sociopathic husband and a wife. It's got nothing to do with animals, nothing. And you can take multitudes, Haley. I love it. Oh. like, And I had finished off a chapter the night before and stopped it. I was like, oh, because usually I don't. I just stop it wherever I am. I was like, no, I'll stop it there and I'll start with the new chapter. So I sit down on the toilet, I press play, and I kid you not, it goes, Chapter 49. Everywhere I looked, all I could see were turtles. <laughs> oh. And I just, my jaw dropped and I said, Uh, what? What is happening? And then out of this book, just randomly, a full chapter went for about five minutes. And it was about the fact that her sociopathic husband found out that she hated turtles because her sister who died had a stuffed turtle and so turtles reminded her of that. And so he started hiding all of these turtle ornaments around that whole house to make her feel like shit. And so it was a full chapter about turtles. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now?
1: Oh, I've got goosebumps from that. That is. <laughs> so
0: that was number one. Then yesterday. Oh, it gets better. Yes. Then yesterday I went for lunch with Julie, you know, Julie. You did Destin together, my bestie. And we just went to the local pub, Pizza Barn, here in Waipu um, for a cocktail and some lunch, and I ordered a cocktail like I always do from there, and they always come in the same glasses. It's one of those pubs that it's just like a classic, like everything comes in the same glass. My cocktail glass comes out. And I'm going to send you a picture of this after. It's like It looks like one of those children's cups, and it was covered in two cans. And I was like, this is weird that I've got this cup. And, and Julie was even like, that's a weird cup. And I was like, and I was like, toucan. I said, hang on a second. Let me look this up because I felt like toucan had something to do with turtle. The toucan is the bird for the turtle.
1: Which gene key does that relate to? Because I feel like fourteen. It's It's yours. (laughs) It is. I thought so. I was like, no, I didn't recognize the turtle. But I'm at the toucan. I know I've got that. Ah, so 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 the turtle
0: is the is the shadow frequency of fourteen, and the toucan is the city. And I was like, say no more. Turtle has chosen me. Then the turtle rep. This is the last synchronicity. The turtle represents in the dream arc, the full moon. It's the guardian of the full moon. And I was saying to Julie, I was like, oh, I because you do a ritual to initiate in your guardian. And I was like, okay, for my ritual, I was like, I've been looking up online all morning. I was like, I need to find some turtle stuff. Like I was thinking I might get some jewelry or an ornament. And she goes, oh, she goes, no, you gifted me. She goes, you gave me a, a, a turtle made out of crystal. She goes, you gave me a crystal turtle as a gift like a few months ago how about I just give it back to you as a gift and you can use that for your ritual I was like oh yeah and then I go oh what what crystal was it made out of again moonstone it's the guardian of the full moon and I wanted to do my ritual on the full moon which is tomorrow and this turtle that I had already bought about six months ago was in moonstone that I gifted to her that she was going to give back to me for my ritual and so this is what the dream arc does.
1: <laughs> that is insane. The
0: synchronicity. And then, like, Megan's going through the same thing where she wanted, she thought she was going to get pulled by the swan, but she's ended up choosing the raven, and the raven's just popping up, and even this oracle deck that she's wanted for so long, it just went out for pre-order, and the front cover is a raven. And she's like, <laughs> you God. know, this is just... um. This is the beauty of the dream arc, and the incredible thing about the dream arc is all of those synchronicities that I just experienced over those last few days, they're happening in our lives all of the time, but we're actually Mm. just not seeing them, and we're not attuning ourselves to that magical frequency to even be looking for the magic amongst the mundane. And so mm. the, dream, the dream arc is like this voyage into the unseen and making it seen and um, allowing the Gene Keys to work through you but through these animals that just feel like home. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm on my journey with the eel and now I'm on my journey and, with the turtle.
1: <laughs> so as you're, in the water.
0: As you're talking, right, I'm thinking
1: Gene Key 14 hmm. and Gene Key 1. Mm-hmm. So they're the two animals you're most you're most drawn to in this yes. trademark Yes. Do you know how they're connected? Those two keys.
0: Are they in the same codon ring?
1: They are. Oh, what's the codon ring? Um, it is. I'm oh, sorry, I was just looking it up because I was like, nah, it's the ring of fire.
0: Oh, <gasps> the ring of
1: fire. Because you know, <laughs> it, you know why I I recognized it, right? Mm. B- because um, I so like this is. This is going to sound creepy. It's not meant to, right? Uh, I was looking at the codon rings one day, um, quite recently, actually, um, which is probably why it stuck in my mind. Um and maybe it was after our last podcast. And I think we were I think we talked about this before how like I don't think you and I overlap in any of our gene keys at all.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: At, like at all. We've got like very different profiles. Did but you bring was- our
0: charts up together, you cutie pie?
1: You no, know, I I didn't. Um but I think, I think <laughs> we've just talked about it. But what I when I was looking at the codon rings, what I noticed, right, is you've got gene key one and fourteen are the ring of fire, and, and one the eight is and your two. And the eight and the two. So gene key two is your life's work and gene key eight is my purpose. And that's the ring yeah. of water. And then for the ring of fire, you've got gene key one, which is your evolution, and gene key fourteen, which is my radiance. Which are opposite. So I'm like they're- which are opposites and that's the activation oh,
0: so like you and me ball. together are these two
1: codon make rings one
0: activation sequence
1: right oh, so wow. yeah that's why as you're talking i'm like it's so funny that you were drawn to those two
0: yeah because they're
1: in the same codon ring
0: yeah and then when you were saying earlier about how i've attracted many people into my one to ones with the similar thing the mm. most common gene key I have attracted people with into my one to one is gene key fourteen. I hadn't you even go. noticed. I haven't even That's noticed so that. Funny. I literally, yeah, wow. And there we go. It's the My guardian it wants to take me through my next phase of evolution and transformation. And the 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 other reason why I knew that the turtle was for me was because it made me feel a bit uncomfortable. Whereas mm-hmm. I felt very comfortable with the ball, you know, like I've become very yep. comfortable with that gift and that shadow. Whereas, ooh, turtle makes me feel a little bit sweaty on my upper lip, you know, a bit sweaty under the foot. <laughs> it's like, ooh, it going to take me? So, yeah, I mean, the Dream Arc journey is like nothing you will ever do in, in your life. And no. the way that it's being created is in communion with, um, many indigenous elders from around the globe it's and they're all embedded into the course like from siberia and native americans and like people from china and indigenous australians and All of this wisdom brought together in one transmission that has got nothing to do with logic and everything to do with the magical. And so, um, yeah, if you're feeling interested or intrigued about the dream arc, I will put a link in the show notes where you can go check it out Um, because it is, it's, yeah, I think that same with the gene keys. Once you start the gene keys work, you will never be without the gene keys in your life. And it's the same for the dream arc. Once you start the dream arc, you will never not be with the dream arc. Um, so mm-hmm. there are these beautiful syntheses. Is that the plural of synthesis? Syntheses that will journey with you throughout your life. And, you know, the, the Gene Keys book, I mean, the front says it's like it's embracing your higher purpose. It's like a, it's a it's a resource book, a synthesis to travel with for the rest of your life to continue to access your higher purpose and the dream arc does the exact same but through a more lateral way instead of a logical way for so for those people who find the gene keys overwhelming or who find the gene keys just difficult to sit with or understand just go to the dream arc in the dream arc you don't even work with your gene key profile it's got nothing you would it's Mm. never even mentioned you just have the the animals and the keys that want to pull you will pull you whether they're in your chart or not, and so it's a mm. magnificent voyage. Holy shit! I'm only six weeks in and it's blowing my mind. Holy moly! <laughs> Honestly, I um,
1: when I asked you that question, I was expecting you to be like, "Oh yeah, it's good. Like I've just started. You know, I'm I'm getting there with it." And No, not just bam straight in. I love it so much, oh, and um, I was
0: primed. I was primed. I'm like, a, I'm like a chicken that's been marinating for 48 hours, just ready to go on the grill. <laughs> Bam. And I think too, just from what you said about the Gene Keys
1: just then, um, I mean, it's hard to know exactly who within the audience is already familiar with the Gene Keys or how people have come to your podcast. Um, so obviously mm. not everyone's going to know about it or it might, I feel like it might sound very woo-woo to a lot of people. Um, yeah <laughs> because it it is quite woo- woo in the best way possible, and before I knew anything about the Gene keys, I was never a spiritual person mm. at all like I've mm. never um like I've always been like an atheist like i am never never into any sort of religion at all, never mm. into any sort of spirituality, even um like I've done yoga for a very long time, but it was um up until probably the last twelve months, it was never a spiritual practice for me. it was like yeah you know, ex- exercise, which is not the point of yoga. Um, But for me, when you introduced me to the Jane Keys about 12 months ago, like, it just blew my mind. And it's the sort of thing that I usually would have been like,
0: oh, like, all right. (laughs) I got a bit (laughs) half-hearted about it. Yeah. (laughs) But I... Like I was like a Mormon coming to knock on your door or like a, you know.
1: Well, it's crazy because, you know, we... You introduced the concept of the gene keys um, when we started Destined, yeah, and which was the group coaching program. Mm-hmm. And you, ha- I don't know that you'd even spoken about the gene keys no. on your Instagram. You hadn't spoken about it within the Journey Home, which was quite new. Um, and I don't think it even really came up much in your marketing of destined at the nah, time. Like, I I, pumped, it was a it I was a little you bit all. you did <laughs> in the best way though. And so I think you sort of just kind of just subtly slid it in there. Um and then, you know, I think I had my first one-to-one with you, which was about my life's work gene and my vocation gene or core wound, and like my mind was just blown and I just was so fascinated by it and I was so drawn to it. And I really, you know, have committed myself to the Gene Keys. And, yeah. you know, I've got the book. I listen to the audio every week. I did the one to one, um, four month Ignite Your Life program with you. Yeah. Like, I've really drunk yeah. the Kool Aid. And <laughs> I, um, yeah, no, arsenic in it. it though, like, I promise.
0: <laughs>
1: um, I just yeah, my life has just transformed completely. And then, like you said, you know, you've been doing the gene keys for a lot longer. And yeah. now you're going into this next thing, which is the dream arc, and it's taken you even deeper. And it's just yeah, I just really can't stress enough how transformative it is. And it's just in such a loving,
0: yeah.
1: non-prescriptive way. And that's yeah. what I love about the gene keys, is yeah, it's just yeah, there are these shadows and mm. They contain a gift, and it's not you have this shadow, so you will act in this way. And you, you know, these are your faults, and it's not like you know (laughs) exactly. Like you could just grab the Gene Keys book and just read each chapter, and not even look at your own profile and get something out of it. And there's so much contained within it that's just, and it's not you know, it's not based on personality or, um, you know, like boxing you in. No, it's not boxing you in, and it's just yeah it's very liberating. it's yes, I just really yeah I just I just sort of wanted to put that out as encouragement to yeah. anyone who's maybe not familiar with the Gene Keys and listening to these episodes and being like, Oh my goodness, like what are these girls on about like well, yeah
0: <laughs> is even love, happening. Yeah. so I love how just, you're sort of showing that it's this gateway into spirituality um, in a different way than maybe what our society has ever portrayed spirituality as before Mm -hmm. because especially for Australians um, can tend to be some of the most spiritually closed-off people when it comes to culture. I too was raised as an atheist because we are raised to see spirituality as – Christianity or as Mm. Buddhism or as, you know, the, the great religions of the world. We see spirituality as religion. Religion and spirituality are two completely different things. Yes, religion contains spirituality within it, but it is not spirituality. And so... The Gene Keys is this beautiful way that we can actually enter into spirituality without any of the judgment that goes along with a lot of religion, without any of the rules and the boxing in and the can's and can'ts and good's and bad's and right's and wrong's that come with a lot of the other spiritual teachings in the world. And so it's this beautiful way that, yeah, you, you start the Gene Keys And you don't even realize it's spirituality (laughs) Mm. until you start accessing your spirituality through it. And you're like, holy shit, this is spirit. This is spirituality um and so it's this beautiful bridge into that realm which is such an important part of who you are um but mm. it's so funny you're making me laugh in my mind when you're saying like with Destin. yeah I really didn't advertise that it really was the Keys, and it made me think of it's like that friend at school that invites you to like a party and you go along and it's actually a youth group and you're actually a church like you got dogged into going that was like what I did to you. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. Um, but I think I did mention the Jinkies somewhere. But, um, or like one of those times where you go around for a dinner party. Surprise, it's actually a Tupperware party. Like <laughs> Surprise, it's actually the Jinkies. Um, but, you know, though. yeah, yeah. I mean, Bevan and yeah, Bevan's dad, they often call me a cult leader. And, hey, I'll take it. I will take it. I will be that cult leader of the Drew and Come and join my cult. You will be very happy um, and you will know what The Gene Keys. Us. On the Gene Keys
1: website. In the FAQs. Is the Gene Keys. Of- the, are you serious? Is that in the FAQs? The FAQs, Yeah, Is the Gene Keys a of- Rich is just like, no, that was not a cult. <laughs> Yeah, just cracking up when I read that. I'm like, no, it's
0: not a fault. It's just it's no, a book. Like, it's chill just, out. You know, it's just life. Yeah. It's just life. Or, you is. know, if I was to describe the G keys in the most easy to understand way, I would say that it is a language that mm. describes life itself, and with that language, you can then begin to weave the tapestry of the life that you would like to see yourself live. That's it. Oh, that's beautiful. That's That's it. So profound. But without any confinements, restraints, right, wrong, judgment, you get rid of all of the stuff that comes along with so many of the other modalities in the world and you Mm. just are open to become who you were always destined to become um, because you have the language to write your story. To be the author of your story, you need the language to write that story. Mm -hmm. You know, language is important for manifestation because we need to speak into being language shifts frequency and that's what that's what the gene keys are they're the language and that's what the dream arc is it's that internal language and Mm. so yeah Mm, what a juicy place to bring us around to the end I mean your final question we were on that for like half an hour so I mean
1: (laughs) I love it it was just the just the right amount and I mean I I I did pull that list from a larger list. So I've got a lot more ammo for the next time we do this. And I'm sure wow. that list will just keep growing. So yeah. I mean, I'm I'm loving the Weekly Ponder, by the way. You
0: are? Are you loving? Yes, love,
1: it? love it. It was really good, I think, last week because sometimes the audios from Richard Rudd don't really land with me. Sometimes they do and I'll sit there and I'll like write a million notes and then sometimes I'm like yeah and whichever one it was last week which I can't remember now but it didn't really land with me but then when I listened to your podcast about uh, I was corruption talking Mm -hmm. about corruption and how then you sort of related that to fear I like I was like listening to your podcast like writing down all these notes and that it just really yeah I guess brought it into the tangible um which is just you doing the thing you do best which is just explaining the gene keys to the rest of us
0: <laughs> and Richard
1: Brown you know,
0: is a poet. And I see. I think I've said this to you before. I see that difference in mine and Richard's charts. And mm. so, and this is also part to do with synergy, where all of our genius is—is is, our genius is perfect for what we're meant to bring. So Richard's genius is perfect for birthing the gene keys into the world. Perfection, and mm-hmm. his genius is perfect in his philanthropic way in which he shares that in his service, in his love in his poeticness, in his romance, like his genius is just perfection for what he's brought into the world. But then what the Gene Key guides then do are come in with their particular genius and then bring the the lens through their genius to bring it to the world in the way that they need to bring it into the world for the people that Mm. they're meant to serve can access it so for some people they will sir they will access the gene keys more like me I access the gene keys directly through Richard Rudd so it's perfect for me the way in which he talks his poeticness is perfect for me but then the way in which I talk about it is perfect for you because my genius is a fit for you but then when you look at Richard's chart and my chart the most crazy thing is, is that my life's work are one and two the beginning of the Gene Keys, and they hold a special point in the Gene Keys. They're like the bookends. Richard Rudd's life's work in evolution are 63 and 64, which is the the end. So I'm the beginning. He is the end. The way that he communicates the Gene Keys is with the end in mind, and that's poetry. Mm. Poetry communicates with, with the end in mind. Poetry is like reminiscent in a romantic way of of what it, what it is. I communicate from the beginning. Mm, so where yes. where you might find Richard might even talk a bit more about the city, I talk more about yes. the shadow, where you'll find Richard will be more poetic, I'm more tangible, Definitely. and that's exactly how we're meant to be because that's our genius. And so to see that, I'm like, yes, the way I communicate them is perfect for the beginning. Mm-hmm. I communicate from the start and he communicates from the end. Because I'm the beginning bookend, and he's the end bookend. Not that I play a vital role in the gene. Here's I'm not saying that. I'm in my world because I am me. Like of course I'm important to me because I am me. <laughs> but I'm not important to everyone else. Um, but yeah, just seeing that play out in my own world has been fascinating. And I that's mm. one of my. It's become one of like my favorite hobbies is to to look at charts side by side and see the dynamics of the differences. And, you know, Mm. like that's something I really want to move into is like offering relationship sessions where you put, you know, you and your partner or you and your child's charts next to each other and unpick the dynamics that are going to come up and the different shadow patterns, how they might play out with each other, the lines, how they cross over what that means for you guys, what your genius is, what synergy looks like between those two people. Like I'm really interested in that. But at the moment it's still yes. a hobby of mine where I just do it naturally and I find it exciting. Um, but, yeah, I would love to do that sometime that soon. The so look cool. on your face. Like yeah. I wish people could see it. <laughs> oh. like, yes, please. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. Well. I mean, I, I should let you go because you do have a family and a child and I get it. You can't just talk to me all day. That's uh, okay. They're living their best life at
1: McDonald's currently. so they're Mickey D's. They're not, yeah, morning they're not
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so cool. Well, Madeline, again, such brilliant questions. I mean, I just love talking to you anytime. There's always so much lightness and laughter. But we go into the depths and, I mean, that's just how we do life, isn't it? I love it. I love it so much. Thank how you so much for life. having me on again. Oh, you're welcome and you'll be back. I mean Oh, I will. I got my back. microphone you got, now. You got the mic. You got the mic. <laughs> We're matching with our mics right now. We're so cute. <laughs> mine's flashing. I'm really hoping that the fact that mine's flashing like this red thing coming up that we have actually recorded the audio. Bloody better have. I was going to be so pissed off. <laughs> Can you imagine? And if it has recorded, I'm also going to put this bit in the podcast so you can all yep. hear about my <laughs> Or maybe it's just flashing when I'm too loud. It's like, bitch, bring your voice down.
1: Um, I'm talking into my <laughs> now. Just doing some tests. It's not flashing. Um,
0: Hold on. we're just going to trust in life. Yeah. See what happens. <laughs> If not, this was a. I had
1: just a delightful time. Regardless. Oh, I had a blast. So,
0: if no I've one gets to hear
1: this, well, it doesn't.
0: It was worth it for us.
1: It was. It was.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for joining us—or possibly not. Thank you, Maddie, for joining me. <laughs> <laughs> we love you all, and um, I will. I'll see you for the weekly ponder in a few days. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. It is such an honor to bring my heart directly to your ears. The TJH podcast is in her early days. So if you could take a quick moment to leave a rating on Spotify or write a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be extremely grateful. And if you enjoyed the episode, I encourage you to share it with a friend to help spread the Journey Home message far and wide across the globe. I deeply appreciate you and I will chat to you again very soon.